The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. I'm in a rabbit hole. I'm in a rabbit hole. Ooh, are there any rabbits here? No. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and yet another week here in the Q Zone as we march into what the eleventh month of the global coronavirus uh, you're pandemic. You're killing me! You're killing me, JD. You know we're coming up on that one year anniversary. I want to know what oh, we're going to get for our anniversary. Jesus, yeah, and I, I, I got to get you a gift. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> one year on the inside. Um, oh. I'm JD Beersdorfer, and I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. If you didn't know that already. Uh, and know. And then we're here to bring you some tech news and perhaps a little pandemic-related news and some pop culture news. And, Shenanigans. And some shenanigans. But uh, to, to start us off here, uh, you have been watching some television, haven't you, sir? I've been watching lots of television. Lots of television. You've been telling me to watch this show, The Expanse, for a while now. And, you know, it had been one of these things where it looked like this really dark show and it is. It's a very dark sci-fi show. And you know that I've gone through a period, which I'm slowly getting out of, of I just wanted happy stuff. I yeah, just wanted, you wanted Schitt's Creek. I wanted Schitt's Creek. I wanted no-brainer type stuff, things that would not put me in anything other than a good mood because of exactly what's going on in the world. So I decided to hold off on The Expanse, but now I've dived in, and I've dived in hard. I'm like all the way in. In fact, I well, think- You've taken the vows. I have taken the vows, and I think I've already blown past where you are in this series. Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've, you know, sort of like putting along. I've, I'm up to, like, already up to the fifth season, and I have thoughts. You have thoughts. I have uh, thoughts. Are you enjoying uh, the show? Is it sustaining itself uh, along its story arcs? Because, uh, you know, some series like poop out after two seasons, and then it's just painful. I love the show. We've been exchanging texts about this over the last couple of weeks because I've been really, like, absorbed into the show. It's a show that really, on paper, shouldn't make any sense because it's a combination of Battlestar Galactica and Aliens and Star Trek, and it's a big mishmash of all this stuff. But all the good things. Yeah, you can see them, though. You know what I mean? It's one of these things where, oh, that's like straight out of this, and that's like straight out of Starship Troopers, and that's like straight out of... My brain is telling me that it shouldn't work, but it does. It works really, really well. The first storyline, well, actually the entire storyline, um, although they get a little bit off the rails in season four, but not enough for you guys not to watch it. It's still a fascinating sci-fi show, but the initial storyline with the proto-molecule, what's behind this and this ancient civilization, all that fan fantastic storyline. And on top of that, which I think you've mentioned before on the show, is like the science, the physics is real. You know, they, they are actually really paying attention. Granted, you know, there's still the the thing where they, you hear explosions in space and all that. But I'm saying, yeah, yeah. They've they got to do a little Hollywood in yeah, there at some point. Yeah, they got to do a little Hollywood. But the stuff that they're doing on the show seems plausible from a science background. It's just a wonderful show. Really intense. But it is a show that went from sci-fi to a full Amazon Prime show it's like an amazon original now mm -hmm. so it's jump networks yes right it's jump networks and it went from a really tight like 44 minutes where it had to end for the commercial break and it had to fit this real this hardcore clock 
So it, it, it had real tight editing to, well, you know, it can go 50 minutes. Maybe let's go like 48 minutes. It's gotten a little bit flabby. Ooh, undisciplined, it sounds. Yes. I found myself for the first time in season four, fast forwarding. Oh, yeah. You know, you know they've like, lost you when you got to hit the button. Yeah. Yeah. And there's certain storylines. Although, again, I need to emphasize to you specifically and to everyone else who haven't actually gotten to that point that the story is still phenomenally interesting. It's just they kind of sort of lost their way and they, they're, they're not using characters the way they should. That's all I'm going to say. But still, I would watch this show. I'm literally going to buy the DVDs and watch it again, even though I have Amazon Prime. I will buy the DVDs and watch it and like mind meld with it because you I really enjoy it. must possess it in physical form. Oh, I love it. Love, love the show. I, I highly recommend it. And thank you for turning me on to it and being patient with me to get to the... <laughs> yeah, no, get, now you're being patient with me too because I have to get caught up. We kept, you know, kept getting distracted oh, really by enjoy it. shiny three, objects and new Season signs. three. Trust me. All season right. three. Anyway. We'll be marching on. Yes. And the other show I've been watching is WandaVision. Have you been watching WandaVision? I haven't, but I've been reading a lot about it because it really spun up all the comics and pop culture blogs with the way it was done and, and oh. the fact that it's one of the early uh, Marvel comic universe shows that, that they put out there. It is spectacularly weird in a good way. Good way. Okay. In a good way. The first episode is a combination of I Love Lucy and... What's that Mary Tyler Moore show with the with again? Uh, oh, the uh, Dick Van Dyke show. Dick Van Dyke show. It's a combination of those shows, completely in black and white. Twenty four minutes or twenty two minutes is it literally a sitcom, and you're like, what in the heck is going on here? The only sense you get from the first episode is at the very end, when they they pull out and somebody in some what looks like a science lab or one of these like MCU tech, you know, field operations type places is actually watching this on a TV monitor. So it just really bizarre. And I love that because they're on Disney plus funny, the expanse sort of lost its way once it got, you know, and, and I I don't mean that it, it's it's terrible, but it's sort of like it got too undisciplined, to use your term. Lost its focus, perhaps. Right, it lost its focus where this show couldn't exist on network television. It wouldn't be able to, it could not be on an ABC or a CBS or an NBC. Impossible. Or even so it's got the flexibility of the streaming platform. The first episode is legitimately a, a sitcom. It is 22 minutes with the commercial breaks and all that. And speaking of the commercial breaks, all through the show, there are all these references to stuff that's happening in the MCU or references to the comic book. So there's Easter eggs after Easter eggs. It is a joy to watch as a comics fan because, you know, you're like, okay, well, oh, that's Strucker. That's Baron Von Strucker there. there you know, like, that's the bad guy who started Hydra and stuff like that. Okay, that so you... they're delighting the hardcore fans. Here. Oh, my God, they really are. They really are. I'm, I literally watch every episode with Google. It's like checking, you know, their references left and right. And I won't get too into it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But it is, for you comics geeks out there, it is... Definitely using 
the House of M storyline, where the Scarlet Witch fully embraced her power, shall we say? Because people don't realize if you're just watching her character in the Marvel movies, she is one of the most powerful <laughs> mutants. Girlfriend's got some backstory then. She does. She's one of the most powerful super beings in the Marvel universe. You know, and even in the, if you watch Endgame, she went toe to toe with Thanos. And I'm um, not Endgame, but Infinity War. And they even referenced that in one of the episodes on the show. They're like, hey, girlfriend could have taken Thanos if they gave her a chance. So you've got to be aware of that backstory. And they also are taking visual cues from the, the there was a Vision series where he has a family and all that a few years ago, which was actually really very good. And they're taking visual cues for the show from that series. So they're like combining all sorts of storylines, which is, which is really great. But it also gives you a sense of how they're going to use or absorb the MCU. It's not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which personally I've never watched, but they're bringing characters from the movies. So if you're a, a, into the Marvel you know, movies and the whole universe, you're going to love the show. Sounds like they're they're really tapping into the huge uh, repertory company of uh-huh. uh, they sure are. characters too. They sure. Again, I'm not going to say who's on it or whatever. I don't want to spoil anything because it's fun when you say, "Oh, that's when." And there's you know ginormous spoilers. And I will just say this: this might be a bit of a spoiler, folks. So you know, if you want to skip ahead about thirty seconds, they have absorbed. Or they are using the fact that they now have the X-Men catalog at their disposal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say. Yeah, so I'm so. going to say. All right. So I'm sure there's a, a ton of people who are now running uh, to their TV to, to uh, <laughs> watch this show now. All right. So we're done, right? That's the podcast? Yeah, well, a little. So you might have a little bit of news and oh, a public news. service announcement, too, at the end. Oh, but, nice. Uh, this is great. We actually yeah, have more well, stuff to talk about. it's not like super exciting news because it's not like we're seeing beautiful Glorious products rolling out, uh, but, but there you are sure some you don't want me to are... talk about TV for another half hour or so? Well, I know you could, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's making me want to watch TV too. There you go. Like, I'm not going to put Wandavision on my list after we get done with the expanse. And then to, it's yeah. a good show. Wandavision is a good show. You'll like it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I'm glad, uh, especially with the dearth of, of big tentpole pictures, Wonder Woman '84 notwithstanding. I think so many people who miss the movies and just seeing these characters that they they came to know and love in the Avengers movies and all of the Marvel Universe, you know, having this little little piece of, of TV here to, to sort of get you through is, yeah, is a good thing. absolutely. It is definitely a good thing. But news. But news. news. Yeah, we a little news. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it really fast here. You know, Sounds just good. to make sure. Yeah. So, um, so, so uh, you know, from software to newspapers to video content, the move to the subscription model uh, to get people away from one-time purchases or having to rely on advertising to pay for the product is picking up steam. Uh, we've seen the Disney Plus case in point and everything yes. else. But one of the companies reportedly mulling a subscription service is Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, which I think they would have to pay me to, to but you know, still. But as Bloomberg reports, the bird-themed microblogging service is creating a subscription product to help speed its growth and obviously make its investors happier. Uh, at least one idea being considered is the ability to have uh, users pay the people they follow for exclusive content. Like, I don't know if you get like a very <laughs> special tweet if you sign up, but... 
<laughs> but you know the the, the value added or the extra content th- that uh, little treat is always comes up. You know when they talk about paying, and you know it's like I don't know if you tip the people or how you do this, but you know if if I sign up for this, is Chrissy Teigen gonna tweet directly at me? I think it's still you know in in the works here, but that's one of the things is looking at is, is some sort of of extra value added channel that you get if you if you give extra money. One thing that may make people more nervous a little bit is um, charging people to look at Twitter through TweetDeck, which is for the hardcore users. They love the TweetDeck dashboard to get all the columns. If that comes with a price tag, I don't know how people will react to that, but it's another ploy to gin up some revenue. And uh, they may also put a fee on the ability to access advanced user features like the undo send or being able to customize your profile, which seems like that should just be included. Although Bloomberg got in there somewhere and they're they're talking to sources who won't go on the record, but they're saying these things have been discussed uh, within uh, the halls of Twitter. And while ad-free feeds are always popular with some users, like if you want to make money, fine, take all these ads out of my feed, uh, social media companies get nervous about losing all that targeted advertising and user data they can collect and leverage. And so not sure if Twitter will go in that direction, even though I think that would probably be the the biggest item for people if they could just not see promoted tweets and advertisements uh, as they scroll through. Would you pay for Twitter? Hell no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not even close. And you know what? If they decide to push a pay model, they can just kiss their relevance goodbye. I don't see Twitter having the impact that it has now if it's a pay service. Not at all. They'll probably always have some hoi polloi basic level that's, you know, you get all the ads and you get all, you know, maybe you can't like change a profile or whatever. There'll be some sort of public utility tier that you can use for free. But if, if you want like sleek, shiny bells and whistles Twitter, then you got to to. to open the wallet and and that I think will drive some people away if they do. I mean, this is all Bloomberg, you know, sort of uh, reporting out. It's, it's one of these things like Facebook. The idea that people can't live without Twitter? Yeah, no. People can live without Twitter. You can survive without Twitter, folks. So I'm not paying. I'm not paying. So, so and we'll, you know what? I'm going to charge triple. If I'm going to be one of these people that can charge, you better be prepared, folks. I'm going to gouge all of you. Oh, so That's if people <laughs> sign up to follow you, then yeah, they I'm going to gouge all of you for one-word tweets. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, get your get your uh, business plan ready. Um, hell yeah, I'm yes. ready. Get ready, folks. Pay up. Now, a TikTok is also working on ways to make itself some more money. This is according to the Financial Times newspaper there in London. TikTok is said to be working on a plan to let its TikTok creators promote items in their video clips in return for a, a cut of the sales from any Ooh. accompanying affiliate links. So a little I taste, guess, a little taste. A little, you know, commission here for yeah. using our platform. Right. So, uh, and the creators themselves don't actually have to have a personal connection or relationship with the brand or product. They may flog in their clips. It could just be sort of a natural. You know how sometimes Instagram will... We'll see somebody who posts a lot of cat photos and, and someone will, you know, send them some free cat stuff and they'll hashtag them there. I don't know if it'll be like that or, or what the relationship will be. But the FT also reports that TikTok is looking at other ways to make money, including doing a, a live streamed shopping channel, sort of like a little uh, pocket QVC thing here. I hope the <laughs> products are a little more enticing. But Yes, let's hope. Yeah, the social media platform's got to figure out how to uh, level up to the next way to make money. Yeah, yes, indeed. Also in social media news, Clubhouse, the live audio hangout app we discussed, uh, I believe, on our most recent episode. Yes. 
It didn't go uncensored by the Chinese government for long. While the platform had a bit of a boom a few weeks ago within the startup investment and academic communities in mainland China, the government there has now blocked Clubhouse. I guess the Great Firewall of China has cut that one off because they don't want people talking to each other. They frown on that. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess a little bit of a market loss there for Clubhouse. Still very hot in, in the U.S., though, and people trying to get their invites. Election security. Now, this continues to be in the news, despite the fact that the U.S. is mostly in between major races at the moment. Industry watchers and activists are voicing concern that the Election Assistance Commission, which is a federal agency that oversees uh, election administration, is getting ready to update new security standards for the first time in about 15 years, which is kind of a long time in tech lingo. Yeah. You know, 15 years since they have uh, updated these voluntary voting system guidelines and According to the people who are concerned, the commission seems to be allowing voting machines that use wireless chips and modems to be included in bids for federal contracts and and state applications there. Voting integrity experts point out that these types of systems are more vulnerable to hacking. Big surprise there. Agency leaders, however, argue back that their new guidelines represent major security improvements and the new rules require manufacturers to disable wireless functions inside any machine even though the wireless hardware can remain. But still, if it's in there, somebody's going to figure out a way to turn it on. Oh, That's course, just what no hackers do. Yeah. And uh, 38 states use these voluntary voting system guidelines as either sort of the benchmark for how they set up their polling areas or to define some aspect of the equipment and testing and certification because they all have to, to have machines that have been certified. 12 states, the voting equipment certification is fully governed by these guidelines, but states like California, Colorado, New York, and Texas already ban wireless modems in voting equipment, so you get down to the state level and, and you know, they're not messing around there. So we'll see, there was supposed to be a meeting this week where they were going to vote on making all of these changes to the guidelines, and some of the more concerned people were calling for a delay until they could get this language sorted out. So, so we'll see. But yeah, we're never too far away from an election security uh, issue. No. All right, moving on. As Impeachment 2 White Riot Edition kicks off this week, the Justice Department investigators are finding out which social media platforms were used the most in organizing and live streaming the siege on the U.S. Capitol building last month. I bet you won't be surprised by the one that was number one here. (laughs) As Forbes notes, uh, which did a deep dive into this, a platform cited most in DOJ charging documents is, guess, guess. Uh, Google? No, no. Starts with an F. <laughs> I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to say the word. Yes, it would be It would be Facebook. La, la, la. Yeah, yeah. La, la, Which you have left and it's in the rearview mirror. Like two years you've been off Facebook. So, so uh, but yeah, Facebook, uh, despite the company trying to downplay its role in the riot planning, I guess Cheryl Danberg came, oh, we had no idea people were using all that. Pearl clutching. Yeah. Uh, Forbes reviewed uh, data from the uh, program on extremism at the George Washington University there, which has collated a list of more than 200 charging documents in relation to the siege. And within all of those charging documents, I guess there are 223 individuals that are in the Capitol Hill riot investigation now. Within those people there and their charging documents, 73 reference Facebook. YouTube was the second most referenced with 24, followed by Instagram with 20 references. And Parler only got mentioned in about eight cases. And so I don't know if if Parler had not really taken off. But yeah, Facebook seemed to be where people were going to either live stream or talk about what they were going to be doing there uh, on January 6th. I can definitely confirm that. I actually know someone who was posting stuff from the 
riot site. Yes. But, so so this is uh, this is all stirring up because, uh, as, as we mentioned there at the top, the, the second impeachment trial is starting and a lot of the video evidence and social media evidence that, that was used, uh, that people were posting that day, I think is going to be entered into evidence uh, in the trial of what went on and how it happened. So, so we'll, we'll be seeing more clips, I'm sure, on the evening news. I'm sure we will. Now, the shift of users away from some platforms due to global social and political unrest was evident in Sensor Tower's list of the most popular downloaded apps for last month. The private message app Telegram uh, was the most downloaded non-gaming app worldwide. This is for January of 2021. It had 63 million installs, which is uh, 3.8 times more than the downloads it had for January of 2020. And the countries uh, with the largest number of Telegram installs, India was up there at 24%, followed by Indonesia at 10%. So a lot of stuff going on in the world, and then people are feeling the need for private communications. TikTok was the second uh, most installed non-gaming app worldwide uh, with close to 62 million installs. So I guess those uh, sea shanties must have really uh, caught on globally because everyone had to go around and, and join TikTok. Have you done a sea shanty video? Nope, definitely not. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it has moved on too. I think people are on to the next thing. Yeah, no, I canceled my TikTok account. I actually had a TikTok, but I, I'm not going to be doing dances and stuff like that. So I just thought, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll sign up again. But there were too much political stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. And you so, know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't like sharing my political views on uh, social media. Yes, yes, no, you were. I you, can't even say that. Cards close to the vest there. Wow, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> you tried, though. I tried. I tried. No, I, I did cancel TikTok because I wasn't using it, basically. And, you know, I, I had originally gotten it just to see what the what the fuss was all about. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, that's what that's about. Okay, bye. Yeah, say bye. Yeah. All right, well, moving on. Tesla, billionaire Elon Musk's electric car and clean energy company, recently announced that it had purchased $1.5 billion with a B in Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. Now, uh, as the company told the Securities and Exchange Commission in a recent filing, uh, it bought the digital currency for, quote, more flexibility to further diversify and maximize returns on our cash, end quote. Tesla also said it will start accepting payments in Bitcoin in exchange for its products. This would obviously be subject to applicable laws uh, and initially on a limited basis. But still, it wants to you know, sell you a car for some Bitcoin. However, those uh, who follow Elon Musk's recent praise of Bitcoin and Dogecoin, which I think started as a joke and now might actually be worth like eight cents or something. Dogecoin um, yeah, is Doge, still around? Yeah, he, yeah Dogecoin, he, he, he kind of brought it back. He was, he was tweeting about cryptocurrencies last week, and then people noticed that the prices for those cryptocurrencies uh, suddenly kind of went up just before Tesla announced it was going to buy all this stuff. So, so they're not quite sure how to connect that, you know, as a, a market manipulation thing. Um, but as some listeners may recall, the SEC charged Musk with fraud in 2018 um, for his tweets about taking the company private at uh, $420 a share. Remember, it was a weed joke that got out of hand. So, so, but yeah, you, if, if you got some Bitcoin and you want to spend it on a, a fancy electric car, uh, go to Tesla. I got some GameStop stock I want to sell. If I if I talk about that, will that be stock manipulation? I think it depends <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the whole the, the GameStop thing. Is it, <laughs> that, that that kind of bottomed out? Right? Yeah, it did very quickly, very quickly. Although apparently the stock is still holding on. Well, you know, I do, I do like the fact that the the small investors got a chance to. Hackle the uh, hedge funders. To muck up the system. The power of Reddit. Yeah, that, it's, it's a very, it's a force unto itself. It is indeed. It is indeed. 
Yes, and finally... And finally... Well, it's not one of Elon Musk's SpaceX adventures. NASA's Mars 2020 mission will be hitting its next milestone soon. The Perseverance rover, which launched from Earth on July 30th last year, is due to land on Mars next week, hitting the red planet on February 18th. The rover is due to set down in the Jezero crater there, and his duties will include seeking signs of ancient life and collecting rock and soil samples for possible return to Earth. I guess maybe they get a little shuttle or a pneumatic tube, you know, and shoot them back here. And the Perseverance rover is also bringing along a Mars helicopter called Ingenuity that will have its own adventures around the surface of the planet. And uh, to spin up excitement for the Mars 2020 mission, NASA has launched an expansive social media campaign and interactive site online. You can download mission patches and information and posters and backgrounders about how it's going to land and some animations. And they better watch out for them tough female Martian Marines. I know. I hope it doesn't get stomped uh, <laughs> while it's out there rolling around. So so NASA is really very excited about this. Hopefully the landing will go well. It'll probably happen before we do our next show. So we're, we're sending beams of good thoughts yes, we to, are. to the uh, landing software there. Absolutely. Now, for listeners out there who live within sight of the Empire State Building in Manhattan, the skyscraper will be lit up red the night of February 16th, which is two days before the landing and I think is also Marty. Gras and two days after Valentine's Day. So to me, that kind of means they just had to slot in an empty night to to light up the the Empire State Building, or they'll just leave the Valentine's Day lights on. So it'll be red uh, in honor of Mars there the night of February 16th, and then the the rover will hopefully have a spectacularly beautiful, fun landing uh, two days later. And I hope so. We can watch things on TV about and it. And they'll find some proto-molecule and, you know, we're all, we're screwed, yeah, basically. Yeah, and then we'll have to get our anti-gravity boots and, you know, Anyway, so that's been a, a sort of look at the news for this sort week. Of, sort yeah, of like, with some diversions. But with for anyone out there who would like to know more about the things we talked about or you want a direct link to uh, the NASA's Mars site with all the groovy stuff you can see and download, you can find a page of links at poptechjam.com. Up next, uh, a few short words about uh, the coronavirus vaccine. Pedro, have you got your shot yet? Not yet. I'm really low down on the list. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the back of the line, too. But uh, as, as we mentioned on a show a couple of episodes ago, Google is trying to step up and help uh, use the power of its search and its maps apps and other parts of the company to make getting vaccinated easier. As you may recall, last summer, both Google and Apple updated their maps apps to show things like which restaurants were open and, and where you could go to get a COVID test because it was all still a lot of unknowns back then. Uh, but they are uh, Google is uh, specifically working harder to make sure that people can find accurate and timely information on vaccines. So when you search for it, the search panel uh, will have some information there. They're also trying to put out facts to dispel any misinformation that may be going around about the vaccine. But and when you search for like COVID vaccines near me, which those searches have been increasing because people are starting to look around. Sure. Google has said that it wants to make sure that they will have all of the relevant COVID-19 vaccination locations available in Google Search and Maps. Uh, they're starting uh, with Arizona, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. And as more states uh, roll out more comprehensive vaccination programs, Google will get those uh, threaded in there. And I assume they'll also, like the drugstores and things, are going to start uh, giving out the shots. 
but they are going to uh, strive within your Google search to make details like if you need to have an appointment or if you have to have a referral for anything or what the age like if access is limited to a specific age group or if you can go through in your car. They wanted to make these search results have as much information as possible so you know what to expect. And they also said they're working with the vaccinefinder.org site, which is a part of Boston's Children's Hospital, but it's a place you can go to find out where you can get any sort of vaccine. So if you're looking for like a flu vaccine, a shingles vaccine, and anything out there, you can punch in the checklist of the shots that you need, and then the vaccine finder will, will try to point you in the right direction. They need to get all of the COVID sites loaded into that, and, and Google is working with them to, to have that added as well so that people can have uh, basically one-stop shopping if, if you need a jab where to go. And if you want all the latest misinformation and conspiracy theories about the vaccines, you go to Facebook. So, you know, just go right to Facebook. They got it covered. Yeah, they've, they've cornered the market there. Yeah. If you want accurate information, uh, <laughs> the CDC uh, still, you know, not, now that it's sort of uh, uninhibited, is has a, a page of uh, information about the vaccine. And you should also go to your state and local municipal sites uh, here in New York. There are a couple of sites. Both the state will have one. And then New York City uh, has its own COVID site uh, that's got information. And you can punch in to see, like, am I eligible yet? No, i got to come back. That sort of thing. And one note to our listeners, too, uh, because all of you are very tech savvy and, and you know uh, how things work. And because a lot of the people in the first group are older people who may not have as much experience with technology or don't have the, the latest and greatest gear, uh, if there's somebody who's trying to get an appointment who can't but just because the technology is befuddling them, now it would be a very good thing if, if you could maybe help them out, explain or, or go through and, and maybe help them get signed up. A lot of sites will also publish phone numbers, even though they're really hard to, to get through because everyone's calling them. If there is a phone number, that's another option for someone. Help them find that number online so so they can call instead of trying to, to use a computer that they, they may or may not be, be really comfortable with. That's a great suggestion. Help out your neighbor. Help out your older family members. It would be a, a good deed. And, and I think a lot of the older population has started to, to get in line and they've gotten their shots. But there's still millions and millions of people oh, still yeah. to go oh, with yeah. the vaccine. We're only at the very beginning of this journey, and I think it's probably going to go through to the end of the summer uh, before the, they get everyone uh, that they want to. Just like we were talking about before. I mean, I've gotten all my yayas out and you've gotten all your yayas out when we were youngins. I'm just going to hunker down and wait for this thing to, to blow over. Yeah, you've got plenty of TV to watch. I got yeah. plenty of TV to catch up on. Uh, Let everyone who needs to get the vaccine get the vaccine. I'll just hunker down for a little while longer. Yes, uh, but we will have a, a, a short little section on our uh, show page of, of some links that can point you to uh, the things that Google said that it's going to do and some stuff here in the New York area, as well as some some national resources like the CDC site. And you can find all that at poptechjam.com. And with that, we should probably wind up because we yeah, have been we yap, yap, yapping. And yap, I know yap, you've, yap, you've, you've still got season five to, to go through there, right? WandaVision, WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you, you've clearly got a full schedule tonight. I do. I do. I've got my TV screaming for mercy right now. That's how badly I've been hitting it. Yeah, but I've been hitting up the whole apartment, right? Hitting up the whole darn thing. Anyway, yes. we should thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. If you think it, they will build it, builtbybros.com. And thank you 
listeners. We hope everyone out there is uh, safe and as sane as possible, uh, given the sort of craziness of the world. And we'll be back uh, probably in a couple weeks or more. Maybe we'll have some some uh, Monday morning quarterbacking of the Mars landing. Sounds good. Hopefully Sounds everything good. will go well. We're, we're keeping our fingers crossed and, and faith in science here. Yeah, and I got some stuff to talk about. So as soon as I can put something together, I will uh, I will share it with y'all. You have some Kaiser things. I have some Kaiser things. Kaiserly things, yes. All right, so until next time, when we're back with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Stay safe, stay sane, stay inside. <laughs> Wear a mask! <laughs>